bags are packed, are you ready to go? This time tomorrow we'll be on the road Riding with you in the sunnier days I wouldn't want it any other Hello and welcome to episode 142 of the Corinne Ninja podcast. I'm your host Corinne Ninja and this week on the show we have Rebecca March. Rebecca's story is one of those stories that really sticks with you. When someone's in such debilitating physical pain and then they're not, it's just really touching. And I I haven't felt this emotion, I think, since Joyce Hale talked about her suffering with her lupus. Hi, Joyce, if you're listening. I just finished talking to her. That's why I'm kind of paused in in my thoughts as I record this, her story is just, I think it's very, very powerful insofar as that she was an athlete and she was doing, eating all the foods that, that the mainstream kind of promote for athletes and for people training and, you know, doing all of their eggs and chicken and steak and veggies and no sugars and no processed foods. She was doing that and she ended up so, so sick, Which and she will share her story with you. I don't want to ruin the, give it, give it all away, but yeah, I, I am really moved and I think that it, it is a story that I hope that if you're listening, you will share this story with your fitness fanatic family and friends because Rebecca's story is for those people. You know, she was very into fitness, training and competing in boxing. She was doing all the things that we're told to do over and over again, conditioned to do when we're training and we're wanting to be elite in in, a, in the sport of our choosing. And it led her to a really, really, really dangerous potentially life-threatening time in her life. So I don't know where you are in the world. At the time I'm recording this, we are still, we're just undoing some of the restrictions here in Victoria in Australia. And my son is due to go back to school in about three weeks' time on the 9th of June. So I think this is coming out around that time. So he should be going back to school then if we don't have some kind of second wave of COVID-19. I always call this time 50-50 for me personally. I've, when people ask me, how are you? I always just think 50-50 because 50% is really wonderful time in my garden with my kids. Slow down. There's no racing really. We're just chilling and do it, going with the flow of life, which feels so great after racing to you know karate lessons and swimming lessons and school and jobs and work and all of those things. The slowing down is really nice, really nice, and I hope to take a lot of that slowing down with me when things return and that time in my garden and that time in nature and slow time with my family. I hope to take a lot of that with me in some way. The other 50, of course, is the financial insecurity for my family, which is pretty awful. And the 
the fear and the energy in the community at times, which is really in the news and the media, which is really heavy and awful, and the awareness of the violence and the depression and the mental health issues and alcoholism and addiction issues that this, this time is bringing up for a lot of people. And that obviously the financial hardship, there's that 50, the sadness that, you know, some of the environmental issues that are still a huge part that are being kind of forgotten in the midst of COVID-19 being the primary focus of media all across the world. And there's a lot of things still happening environmentally that are, are really important and really need our attention. So, you know, that kind of thing is in the back of my mind as well, that there are so many areas where we need to be improving and we needed to be improving during these times that thankfully we're away, all locked in our homes. So we're, ca- we're naturally causing a lot less CO2 and other degradation to our environment. But yeah, I am aware that people are, you know, potentially when the hoarding was going on, forgetting about, you know, reducing our waste, reducing our consumptions in those areas around packaging and that kind of thing. So that's not the only thing, but I mean, there's just so many, so much heaviness, you know, the like missing my grand, my mother and father and my, 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 grand, my children missing their grandparents and friends and all of that kind of thing. The isolation is, is, has been hard, but also wonderful, if that makes sense in other areas. So, yeah, yeah I could go on, but wherever you are, if you're in Australia and you're still struggling a lot, Lifeline is there, hopefully, for you. And that is 131114 if you need to call Lifeline 24 hours a day. It is open. And I don't know about other areas of the world. Please seek out your support services wherever you are. If you have access to medical tr- treatment or a psychologist or counsellors or support with your mental health or, you know, support services, please reach out to them and those organisations that can support you. Or if you cannot do that, you know, free online groups on social media or your friends and family members via phone or Zoom or Messenger or wherever you like to connect online, please reach out because, you know, the Sometimes just talking alone, you know, we know from hairdressers that sometimes just talking can make us feel a whole lot better, which is why hairdressers make such good counsellors because, you know, you just get to chat to them, even though I like to not talk to them at all when I'm getting my hair cut because that's my place just to check out. But I do know that many people find it a benefit to go to that kind of space and just have a chat. So have a chat to someone if you need to. Otherwise, I hope that you enjoy Rebecca's story and please take a moment to share it with your family and friends, however you like to share. If it's just talking about it over dinner, sharing her story because this is in six months. Her story transformed in six months. She was wishing for death literally in November last year, 2019. And now if you could see her, please click to the show notes so you can see Rebecca today. And when you hear her story, you'll just be blown away by her transformation. It is just truly mind-blowing. 
I'm going to have to get a thesaurus to learn of other words, to learn some other words to describe incredible, amazing and mind-blowing. But she is all of those things. Um, thank you, Rebecca, for coming on the show. And also you can follow Rebecca at Becca's Athletic Justice over on Instagram and that link will be in the show notes as well. Okay, thanks for listening. Hello, Rebecca, and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Hello. <laughs> it is my pleasure. So we've been having a little, a little tiny chat, but I would love it if you could share your story. From the very beginning, I like to kind of go back to childhood or when you first started to have some challenges with your health. What was... When did this begin for you, this journey? Um, the original journey began when I was in my 20s, I would say. I went through a period of being very unwell. In what way? I had a lot of pain, like a lot of back pain that was bizarre for somebody my age. Um, I had been to the hospital several times. A lot. It was just a lot of excruciating pain, really. Uh, they were treating me with medication and that kind of stuff at the time, but they didn't really know why. So then um, I struggled with it for four years. They just kept giving me medication and antidepressants and all these other things. And then I met a, a doctor who thought, okay, this could be more. So they sent me to a specialist. And then they discovered at that time that I had ankylosing spondylitis, which is quite a doozy of a word. Yes, we've had one guest with this previously. I'd never heard of it before. And can you explain what that is for people who are listening? Like what is ankyl? how do I pronounce it again? Ankylizing spondylitis? Spondylitis, yeah. And what does it do? It actually is an autoimmune disease, so it can affect your organs and tissues, but essentially it fuses your spine together, um, so it becomes like a one solid piece. Wow. That does not sound very comfortable. It's extraordinarily painful. They actually have a separate um, pain scale. They judge ankylosing spondylitis called the McGill pain scale. It's, it's pretty excruciating. Uh, it wasn't a great diagnosis, absolutely, but I felt at the time like I had something that I had, could attribute all these things to. And they, they put me up for treatment at that point in time in my life, but I went into remission after that for a very long period of time. What do you think caused you to go into remission then? Honestly, I'm not really sure. I... Uh, took the medication that they gave me for a period of time, but then I stopped it on my own at that point in time as well and started um, physical activity. And I didn't really have much problems for, until I was in my 40s. Wow. So you had it for severe pain for four years and then was medicated and then started exercising and it went into remission on its own kind of yeah I maintained a really healthy life um I actually started amateur boxing a few years after that and maintained what I thought then was a healthy life like I ate very clean but I wasn't vegan at all um I ate a lot of meat as a matter of fact because when you're um, training in competitive sports, it's very much meat 
based. So I ate a lot of meat back then when I was training, but I, I was healthy and not in, in remission. So it seemed to be working for me at that point. Mm. Mm. And so what happened? When was the first time that things kind of started to falter again? When I was 40 years old, I uh, was training to box and I fought in the Golden Gloves tournament in, in Canada and won. Wow, congratulations. Thank you. After that, though, I was training to fight still and I noticed my body was deteriorating beyond the point that I could like when I was hitting the heavy bag, my hands were hurting really badly. Um, my body was just aching all the time. I was exhausted. And previously, I could talk myself through that, but I got to the point where I couldn't. And I knew something was really wrong, but I didn't know what. I ended up looking up a Humira trial because I knew that in my 20s, I was diagnosed with this disease. So then I knew that that was the treatment at the time and I wanted to try it now that I had I was was older and in this pain because I didn't want to end up, you know, crippled up with the pain. So 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 Humira trial was a, a drug treatment for the ankylosing spondylitis. Yes, it was. So that got me through to a rheumatologist and he started me on that medication after re-diagnosing me with ankylosing spondylitis. And how old were you then? Uh, I was 40, still 40. So a big, a big window. It's interesting, isn't it? Because like for me, I had this TMJ, this jaw, this jaw dysfunction problem that I was diagnosed with uh, at 23, 24 probably at probably age 24 and it was very severe then and then it went away and I was gone until about three years ago I didn't really notice it at all and then three years ago when I was in this nearly 37 I got this numbness in my face and hands and I and, and that was my jaw again but it had been kind of just cruising along without me noticing and then all of a sudden, just this facial pain and this pins and needles in my face. And yeah, it's very interesting. Like when you, when you think about what ankylizing spondylitis does to your spine, you can't imagine that it just kind of goes, into do goes dormant like a volcano for 10, 15 years and then comes back. But um. Conditions can. It's really remarkable and fascinating how the body the body works. So, sorry, continue. I just find that very interesting. No, it really is interesting. And, like, I I think the same thing. Like, it was just a, I still – maybe I had flares, I would say, but I find as women and moms we are busy working and we just slough things off maybe more than other people do because – we're superheroes when we're moms, right? We're women, we're working, we've got all these things and we, we're looking after everybody. So I think that sometimes we maybe slough things off a little, but I never noticed anything like serious in that period of time. Yeah, yeah. And so what happened then for you? Uh, at that time, so I started the Humira because they re-diagnosed me with the ankylosing spondylitis. And with the Humira came... A few other medications, there was um, an anti-inflammatory at that time because I was in a lot of pain always. 
And then I just started deteriorating after that. I think the next year, then I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease also. And then more medication and more medication, they kept piling on. So I was on like 22 different medications and I was up to five different autoimmune diseases by the time I was 44. And what were they? Uh, So I had ankylosing spondylitis. Then they added rheumatoid arthritis, then Crohn's and colitis, then mixed connective tissue disease was the fourth one. And then after a period of time, I got a new doctor and a new rheumatologist who was um, very much more thorough than the first doctor. And she discovered that I had this new, uh, I feel like probably maybe the worst one for me was a psoriatic arthritis mutilins, which is rare and it doesn't always, it's very rare that it occurs with ankylosing spondylitis, but um, I'm one of the percentages that it does. So it's, uh, that is very debilitating. The mutilins, it, it deteriorates your hands and feet really bad. So at that point, they decided that they were going to add a low-dose chemo to the other arsenal of medication that I was on, and that ruined my body. Oh, my gosh. I've never heard of that arthritis. Can you tell me the name again just because I I've, I just my brain was so busy trying to think about it that I missed actually remembering the name of it? It's called psoriatic arthritis mutilins. Psoriatic arthritis mutilins, and it and – it, damages your hands and feet very yeah very badly it damages them very very badly it eats the tissues away that holds the bones together so then your bones just float in your hands it was that was terrible yeah oh my gosh you poor thing so what was your quality of life like during those four years like, how were you doing anything as a mom, as a worker, as a woman? Like, how were you functioning emotionally, psychologically, physically? That's a big, big load. That was like the hardest period of my entire life, to be honest. It was really bad for me. Like, I was struggling. I was on antidepressants because, like, I didn't even want to live anymore. At the last diagnosis, to be honest, I was looking at a life where my grandkids would see me completely crippled up. I was in such bad shape that I would stand at the bottom of the stairs and just cry because I couldn't think of how I could possibly walk up them that day. I was just in agony all the time. I was eating poorly Um, I actually even started smoking cigarettes because I was so depressed and just out of sorts because I couldn't figure, I just thought that was it for me. Like I, that was it for me at that point. Wow. Oh my gosh. Because any, any one of those conditions, like the ankylizing spondylitis, having a spine that's fused, the pain, as you said, the pain needed its own different pain scale to to describe the types of pain that you're in when you have that condition. And I cannot begin to imagine having a spine that is fused into one long piece and then having rheumatoid arthritis and the pain that I know comes with that from so many guests on this show who have lived with RA and 
talk about the crippling and debilitating pain that is caused by the inflammation in rheumatoid arthritis. And then Crohn's disease and colitis, so so many foods with gluten and so many foods would be meant to be being eliminated because they're causing you so much pain and suffering in your digestive tract. And <laughs> I don't even know what the mixed connective tissue disease does. Is that the sim- is that similar to the sciatic arthritis mutilans? Does that do a similar thing? Damages like the connective tissue in your body, ligaments, uh, stuff that holds you together pretty well, yes. So food would have been a terrible nightmare because food would have made you feel so uncomfortable. Many, many of the foods that you probably really enjoyed, like the comfort foods are the foods that you are told to eliminate when you've got Crohn's disease. Absolutely. Everything. Like I, everything, gluten. I I still, to this day, I can't tolerate gluten at all. So um, that's definitely one of my struggles. But yeah, I had to eliminate everything. It's weird, though, because I didn't even think about my diet at that point. It wasn't until I was blessed enough to meet a doctor who saved my life, I feel. Um, because the low-dose chemo, I had a really bad reaction to it. And my family doctor at the time, she had no idea because it was beyond her realm. But my specialist, the rheumatologist, had cancer herself at that point. So she was battling her own and I was kind of left hanging. So after I injected the third round of that chemo, it lit my bones like they were on fire and you could feel the heat radiating off my body. I was terrified I was going to die. Like my doctor was terrified I was going to die. Like I was so scared. I had gone to emergency as several times. They didn't know how to help me. They just kept giving me more pain medication and sent me for a bone scan. But and at that point in time, I went in to see an on-call doctor who told me how to buy or told me to um, buy the book, How Not to Die. And that essentially started my journey to here. She told me that I was allergic to meat and anything that came from an animal and I needed to treat my body like that. And that visit changed my entire life. So this was an on-call doctor. Absolutely. Oh, what the? Did you give them a card and a kiss? I'm not saying you had to. It's just. <laughs> yes, yeah, I, I hugged her, and we actually cried together because um, the transformation she seen obviously can see in me as well. She just she's so grateful that we met too. It's it's amazing. We have such a connection, her and I. Oh, wow. So you went and bought that book. Absolutely, I did. It's amazing because you would think that someone, someone, some random on-call doctor tells you you're allergic to meat, you need to read this book. Many people would just dismiss that as absolute kooky, wild, you know, crazy, delusional person that you've just bumped into and just dismiss it offhand. But you obviously were suffering so greatly that you held on to that piece of information. I was in so much pain. Like the only way I can describe it is like, it's almost like you're in so much pain that you want to kill yourself because you can't make it stop. And there's no amount of medication. Um, There's nothing. There's no quality of life at all. 
Uh, I couldn't play with my grandkids. I couldn't even dress myself. And I was only 44 years old. So I would have tried absolutely anything kooky. If she told me to shove needles in my nail beds, I would have tried it. I would have tried anything to live. Oh my gosh. So you when did how when did you get your hands on the book? It actually came in the mail like a week later, but I really absorbed a lot of the information she gave me in that meeting and I tried my best up until then. And it was October 15th, which was my 44th birthday when I stopped. I thought like when I was being like stopped eating all animal products, but I was very new, so it wasn't until I got the book that I learned that I needed to cut other things out and it basically helped me along the way even more. So I tried to start, but then it was really November 1st that I made the entire switch of last year after reading the book. So this is, this was only last year. This was last year. Yes. Wow. You can't see Rebecca, but you look so healthy and vibrant and beautiful and like you're not in pain, which is just, and to, to think that that was literally, you know, six months ago. That's incredible. It's really surreal to me because, like, I feel like somebody came to me and handed me a golden key of life. Like, just handed it to me. Like, this is it, girl. You can take your life back. I had no idea. I had no idea that this was even a thing. Like, I feel amazing. I feel like I'm in my 20s. Like I, I'm blown away by the amazing results that I have from this diet, just changing my diet. And if people knew this, maybe they would want to put some effort into um, changing because they, they need to know like this, there's options besides medication. Absolutely. So can you tell us when did you, what was the first thing that you noticed felt different when you stitched all the animal products and changed your diet? I, d I did go through a process for about the first three weeks. I want to say it took, um, the first thing I noticed though, was like, I felt cleaner inside, like my mouth, first of all, like it was a, different feeling in my mouth. Like I felt like just cleaner. Mm, definitely. And tell us like, obviously you were really, really, really unwell. So when did you notice your symptoms starting to subside? After the three week mark, they started to subside, but I noticed like, it was like night and day difference about three months in just like night and day difference. Mm, wow. Oh, my goodness. So three months. So for many people who are listening, like 12 weeks of your life to go from so unwell with so, like five different autoimmune diseases and then to be basically a completely different person health-wise. Yeah, I'm a completely different person. Both my family doctor and my specialist are in disbelief and I have a physiotherapist who has also dismissed me as a patient because and he's in disbelief as well so it's incredible the difference I feel I feel like I have the golden key to life like I was kicking a soccer ball with my granddaughter today 
in the sunshine. I never thought I would ever see that day again, ever be. I'm so blessed that I have that now. Oh, wow. So you were on 22 medications and, 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 and you had low dose chemotherapy. And how many medications are you on now? six months later. It's, it's no shame if you're on some. Of course, you had lots of conditions. I actually take zero. I take no medication at all. Nothing. I supplement vitamins, but I take no medication at all. That is so, so wonderful. Just incredible. I wanted to know for you, what were the struggles making this change? I, I, I imagine that there was few because there was few because you were in suffering so greatly that perhaps everything was, as you say, part of the golden key and it just wasn't even a, a bother. But I think for many people when they're making these big lifestyle changes, there can be a few challenges in the teething stage at the start. So were there any struggles that you were, that you were unexpected? that you were expecting or that you weren't expecting in those first three months when you were like, oh, now I can't eat this. Now I'm, you know, I'm losing this or my family aren't supportive of me changing the food in this way. Or were there any struggles like the eating out, those kinds of things? The gluten definitely is a struggle for me with the plant-based diet because a lot of uh, people that eat plant-based don't have to be so sticky with the gluten so they can eat a lot of pasta or maybe bread things where I can't. So that was really hard for me to deal with, but it's getting easier. Brown rice pasta. We have that. We like that. Yeah. Oh, I love, yeah. I love that. I love that. It's hard to, for me to find it some places around where I live. So I find that's a struggle too. And there's not very many plant-based people around here because I live in a small community where there's a lot of farms. So um, I find it hard to get uh, products for vegans around where I live. That's a struggle for me as well, like a plant-based diet. Yeah, that's it though. But so I'm learning to cook more naturally, I think, which is better for everybody, right? <laughs> so. And you, learn, you, you will, you get, I find that many people, especially people who are gluten-free as well, on top of being whole food plant-based, they do tend to become wizards in the kitchen of making, you know, pastas or breads and things gluten-free or, you know, biscuits and snacks. I know a lot of women who are completely gluten-free and I should probably avoid it because it doesn't love me, but, um, um, but that become like I, I'm always amazed at their creations that they're making now that they because they want to have a biscuit or a cake or a, a loaf of bread and they're whipping up these 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 breads that are actually amazing. You know when we first when I gluten free food first came on the scene and it was like just sadness, just sad cardboard food. Oh yeah, it's so sad. <laughs> But now it's like it's improved so much. Absolutely. It really has. Like it's and it's just getting better. And I think now that more people are tending to go towards like whole food plant-based diets, like I think that we're gonna I'm gonna be able to start seeing more stuff come around to the area too. Like I think it's definitely I know that there's a lot of interest in the people who know me as a person and have watched the transformation. And I know there's been a few people who have switched over because of it so far. So I think that um, some of those struggles might get better the more people become whole food plant-based in their diets. Yes, it's always very exciting when people become whole food plant-based. 
<laughs> I, I get excited too now. Yay! Yay! It's only for good benefit. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And when and when you felt like, as you say, night and day difference, you you just want to tell people that you know the brain fog, like the brain fog before and after, you know. You just can't believe that you're walking around with this sluggish, foggy brain for 20 plus years. That alone's worth it. And I can't even tell you, I was like, I, well, I was an amateur boxer for years too. And now um, when I was at my sickest, I started out in the pool with water aerobics because I couldn't move. But I've got myself up to where I'm doing like three workouts a day now. And... I can tell you, like, if I uh, was competing boxing as a whole food plant-based diet, it would have been next level. Like, this is next level energy I have. Um, it's incredible, the difference. Like, I can't even, I just want to tell everybody. I want to tell everybody because it's so incredible. Ah, uh, it's so wonderful to hear and so exciting because people like yourself and your stories, you do, you do touch other people all the time, you know, and, and, and now in the podcast as well, your story is going to touch so many people and, um, and change lives for the better, which is really, really, really exciting. I'm excited about that too. I feel like I've had struggles just because uh, it can help people and that's what I want to do with my life now because I just... I felt like my life was over. Like, I just can't even say that enough. Like, I didn't think, I didn't think, this is so surreal to me to be sitting here in this chair right now because I didn't ever think this was ever going to happen for me. I thought it was done. And this gave me my whole life back. Plus, plus, I feel like I'm 20. Like, it gave me my whole life back and then some. It's amazing. That is so wonderful to hear. How has it affected your family around you seeing you transform like this? It's actually changed them uh, to be whole food plant-based for the most part or try to incorporate it a lot more for sure, even my friends around me. So it's pretty incredible. That's amazing. That's amazing. So what would a typical day of eating look like for you now? Well, for breakfast, I always have a smoothie, which is I use um, protein and greens right away because I want to make sure that I get all my nutrients that I need to start the day. So I'll make a, a fruit smoothie. Uh, I also eat oatmeal for energy. At first, like a snack, a couple hours later, I'll eat an apple with some nut butter and then for lunch, I'll eat a salad with some chickpeas or something. I love hummus. I'm having a love affair with hummus and vegetables right now. So I eat that a lot for lunch. And then for, for supper time, I'll eat vegetable stir fry on rice or like spaghetti. Or I even have taco night sometimes. So just things like that. It's pretty beautiful like a rainbow of food for the day yes it's it's uh i learned that you have to really be careful uh to make sure that you get enough nutrients in your diet because that's super important for health um so you have to eat a variety of different foods and i eat a lot of, i go by dr gregor's daily dozen um so the beans the grains the vegetables and exercise and water and yay <laughs> <laughs> Yay. 
So how is this this different, this way of eating, different to how you were eating? Like what would a typical day of food have looked like for you? And I, I especially like hearing from people like yourself who were athletes and who were eating what they thought was kind of healthy. And ha- what was that like? What were the foods you were eating before this? I ate a lot of meat because, especially as an athlete, I want to tell you, like when I was training to fight for the Golden Gloves, I was eating three eggs a day for breakfast, chicken for lunch, steak for supper, uh, a lot of protein, um, still vegetables. I ate a lot of vegetables. Uh, I ate very clean, so no added sugar or anything. And I thought at the time that was health, that was healthy. So that's basically a paleo diet, yeah? Yeah, pretty much paleo, very uh, low-carb, high-protein, yes. Mm. And this is so important, I think, for people to hear and, and share with their families and friends that this diet that people think is the diet for a sport and athletes, the eggs for breakfast is such a common thing that you hear about in those circles and the chicken for lunch and the steak for dinner. Like it's such a common thing. And yet look how sick you became eating this, even though you weren't eating much processed foods. People, because often people will say, oh, you know, I eat so many people that I know, I have this, you know, so many friends of mine who will say, Corinne, I eat really healthy. I don't eat junk food. I eat really clean. And that is really clean. You know, I'm just eating you know, free range eggs and some free range chicken. And, some, you know, people say these things to me. I, I eat really simple, Corinne, and just veggies and meat and eggs and maybe, you know, some dairy, but really cleanly. But see, look like you can't you can't hear your story and think that and still think that those foods are health promoting foods because look how sick that they were making you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was so sick. It made me very sick. And the difference is night and day. It's night and day. You cannot see Rebecca, but she is very, very fit. We'll put some photos in the show notes for you. Thank you so much. (laughs) That is incredible. And so what would a day for you look like now? So a day when you're at your sickest sounds like just, how? What's the difference? When I was at my sickest, I was severely depressed. So um, I'll just tell you about that. I, you know, watched TV. I watched Ellen once a day. She made always made me feel better, but I didn't have anything to look forward to. But now I wake up bursting out of bed. I can't wait to crush my workout in the morning. I have a great breakfast. I go to work at a in. I work in manufacturing, so it's a busy job for me, and I love it. I'm a supervisor, so I love my job there. And uh, I, I come home, I'm, you know, make dinner and carry on to the next day. And it, it's just a normal day, but to me, it's like, it's like amazing because I never thought that I'd be able to work again. I never thought that I would be able to walk again. I never thought that any of it was even possible. So I just bound out of bed now. Like I'm so blessed to just be here. Like I just love it. And that's the thing, like for so many guests, their lives, as you say, their lives were over. Their lives were over. You know, they couldn't move the way they wanted to move. They couldn't work the way they wanted to work. They couldn't sleep. Some people, some, you know, we've had guests on the show who, 
just have struggled so much like yourself where everything is being taken away and there's barely anything left and there's no quality of life left and they're so depressed and sad and heavily medicated. And then to receive this, as you say, golden key to health, to get that golden key and be given a life again. And that's like from myself included, you know, you can't, People may find it a bit, me a bit a, a bit annoying because I'm so passionate about about this. And, but once you discover that there is a golden key and that you can feel like you're 20 when you're 40 and in your 40s, you just want to share that news with everyone. Yeah, it's crazy for people not to want to to, to me. I know. I've, yeah, I've, yeah. When you've been, when you've really been so sick, it does. I think a lot of people have to have that gun to their heads before they're willing to cut out chocolate and cake and chips. But I wish that they wanted to make that choice quicker. That's true, and it is a struggle. The chocolate, like I love chocolate. I love chocolate. Every everybody loves chocolate, but it's not worth the damage. And you can have. Um, I, I can make treats now anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yes, uh, yes, exactly, exactly. So do you have a social media account where people can follow you? Um, I have an Instagram account called Becca's Athletic Justice. Becca's Athletic Justice. Okay, I put the link to that in the show notes for anyone who wants to follow you over on Instagram. Perfect, that's wonderful. Um, yeah, I've got some things in the works because I – I uh, want to help people who were at my, I want to be the me for people who needed, need me at that time. If they are struggling and think that they can't carry on another day, I want to be hope for them because I am so glad that somebody was hope for me when I needed it. Really glad. So yeah, I want to be that person. So I'm uh, working on some things with my uh, in business so a good way to keep a hold of me and see what's coming up is through the instagram that's awesome and very exciting i can't wait to see the work that you continue to do to inspire hope in other people that's such a beautiful beautiful mission and i share it with you actually so so i think many of the guests on this show share that mission to share that to spread hope with anyone who who might need it what would be your three biggest tips for anyone who is wanting to make the switch to a whole food plant-based diet? One would be to not overcomplicate things because in the beginning, maybe I did that a little bit. I was trying to be so perfect with everything that I overcomplicated everything and made it harder on myself. But when I, when I made it more simple, like thought about the kinds of foods that I ate I like to eat before, like I like used to like to eat pizza, then I would just find a vegan version of pizza and then that or a plant-based version of pizza, and then I would make eat that instead. So just to to not try to complicate things, because I hear a lot of people always tell me, Oh, it must be so hard. Like, how do you find what you can eat? But you just there's a plant-based recipe for anything on the planet out there I think right now so um, my number two thing would be Pinterest is your best friend (laughs) because you can find everything you need to know on Pinterest good one I agree I love that place yeah everything looks so delicious as well (sighs) 
Yeah, recipes, meal plans, exercise plans, like all kinds of information is incredible. And the Thug Kitchen, I have to give that book a plug because I got a lot of great recipes from the Thug Kitchen. So it's a really good uh, plant-based cookbook. Yeah. Um, Number three? Number three is to not be hard on yourself because it's hard when you start something new. Uh, for everybody and don't be too critical because like I slipped up a lot there was uh, things I didn't realize maybe animal products were in stuff at first or gluten or whatever but don't if you slip up or even eat a hamburger don't be critical of yourself just every day you try to be better than you were yesterday don't beat yourself up because it's worth that the end result is so worth it so just keep going and ask for help and don't beat yourself up yes i love those they are wonderful and i always get excited when i hear new tips and no one's ever mentioned pinterest before on this show so that's amazing and everyone will be happy to hear that and go check out pinterest for themselves if they haven't already it's such a great space and such a good tip but he's a one-stop shop for everything yeah it's amazing like I live on Pinterest it's great (laughs) I very much like it for decorating and gardening tips but also recipes but I have to if if I look at recipes too much I just end up making tons and tons and tons of food (laughs) that's true I do the same thing as well I always want to try everything I know everything everything thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story it was really it was really impactful for me because I've never heard about some of your conditions and the suffering that you must have been going through and your family because everyone around people with chronic illness suffers in their own way as well, witnessing their loved ones suffering and having, you know, to take that emotional load for that person and carry it. Like it's such a, it must just be such a weight off your family's shoulders and obviously such a weight off your own and without the chronic pain. But I imagine that your grandchildren and children's lives have been so positively impacted by your health transformation. They absolutely have. My granddaughter, um, she was over today. She was just in awe because of the COVID situation right now. I haven't seen her in a couple months. And she, we were kicking around a soccer ball and I did a handstand because she loves gymnastics. So the fact that I could do a handstand is just like, wow, she was just incredible. So there's, they feel very blessed to have me back in their lives. Again, because they thought for sure that I was a goner then too. Like everybody was scared to death that I wouldn't make it, including the doctors. So they're, they, they, they're very appreciative of uh, how things are now for sure oh, with me. Bless. I am so happy for you, Rebecca. And it was so lovely meeting you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciating appreciate you having me and uh it was lovely to meet you as well um i'm looking forward to um talking to you some more yeah for sure for sure all right see you later okay thanks take care thank you so much rebecca for coming on the show and sharing your story i am so inspired by what you have overcome and even more inspired to share stories like yours with the world because 
wow, you just endured so much and have transformed so rapidly. And that is truly incredible and fills my heart with hope for so many people who are suffering so greatly. So thank you again so much for sharing your story with me and the people who listen to this podcast. For everyone else, thank you all so much for listening. I hope that you're taking care wherever you are in the world. And please, as I said, please share Rebecca's story with anyone who you know who may be suffering with chronic pain, arthritis, ankylosing spondylitis, Crohn's disease, colitis, and mixed connective tissue disease and also that screatic arthritis mutilans, which I'd never heard of. So there are so many people out there who are suffering with conditions like this and with autoimmune disease who, as we can see from today's episode, are suffering needlessly. So please share these stories because I want them to touch those who need it the most. And I'm sure you all do too. So if you haven't yet checked out Dr. Greger's How Not to Die, highly recommend, along with his book How Not to Diet, which is also wonderful and I'm really enjoying listening to it on my runs at the moment. This is the golden key to life. So if you hold the golden key in your hand, please offer it to somebody who might need it to open the door to their own health for themselves. Thank you for listening and I'll see you all next week. Bags are packed, are you ready to go? This time tomorrow we'll be on the road.